Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome. This is Inspiration for Your Day. I'm your host, Nicole Georges-Bennett, and I am wishing you a very blessed morning or a blessed uh, time of day, <laughs> whatever time of day it is that you get to hear this show. I am just so happy that you decided to make inspiration a part of your day. So in the next hour, we've got lots of good stuff coming up for you. want to say hi to Pastor Sarita Jones-Harshaw and Dr. Sylvia Shipman. They will have the Burning Love moment. Um, that will be coming up next week not this week so instead I have this absolutely fascinating uh, piece on the verses that describe Jesus as the vine and us his disciples and his followers as the branches and that's from John 14 so I don't want you to miss that please 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 whatever you do whatever you listen to on the show make sure you don't miss that piece it's gonna come up right after our theme song and of course we have the finale of season 3 of Redemption Road at the latter half of the hour so lots of great stuff right here on inspiration for your day stick around no worry about nothing hitting that no weight limit cause this that's the problem gone away It's a new kind of dancing Can lead you to your healing So get up and dance Dance your problem them away I know you've been waiting long But your breakthrough is today Forget about every negative thing Get up and dance into your blessing It might look confusing But it's Caribbean Christian living Caribbean Christian and dancing in my blood mm. Caribbean Christian and dancing in my blood, my blood Caribbean Christian Dancing in my blood mm. Great beyond Christian And dancing in my blood, my blood The whole me, the whole me, let me dance mm. The whole me, the whole me, let me dance, oh yeah Let me dance with Jesus, uh. let me dance with Jesus, oh yeah Dance with Jesus, oh yeah I say the whole me, leave me, let me you something very interesting and fascinating and what I have for you is a dramatic spoken word piece that I found off of the daily Bible reading app and um, did you know that they have videos um, that sort of expound and expand on the word and commentary and uh, things that provide historical context and perspective to the verses that you're reading. I, I just discovered this, who knew? So I was just using the app just to do the daily readings, but um, yeah, there's a wealth of resources that are also available. And one of the things I've found is a dramatic presentation by the Apostle Philip. And um, I love the fact that also they, they used a black gentleman to, um, to do this, uh, you know, promoting some diversity and 
some uh, reality into our our daily readings but uh, what he does is he talks about the Last Supper and gives his take on the famous parable of the vine and the branches and this piece is based off of John 13 to 15 and brought to you by Eyewitness Bible. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You only briefly mentioned me in their Gospels. John gave me a little more recognition. He talked about how I introduced Nathaniel to Jesus and how we came to be followers of Jesus. He wrote about my role in the feeding of the 5,000, but he also recognized that I tried to introduce a group of Greeks to Jesus. But that attempt resulting in an important speech by Jesus about his impending death. He recorded a few words that I said on the night before Jesus died. Oh, okay, yes. So, there were two men in the Bible named Philip. One was a man who taught the Ethiopian eunuch and of Caesarea. The book of Acts talks about him. That's not me. I'm Philip, the apostle. The Gospel writers tell us that Jesus began his final hours by celebrating Passover dinner with his 12 closest friends, who probably didn't realize how little time they had left with him. But Jesus chose to fill that limited time with the pinnacle of his teachings. We were in the upper room. Jesus had just finished telling Peter that he would soon deny Jesus three times. Jesus tried to console all of us by telling us that he was going away to be with the Father and that he would be preparing a place for us. And that he would come back and take each one of us to be with him. And we would have been more consoled if we understood what he was talking about. Thomas blurts out, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And how could we know the way? Jesus replied, I am the way the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father too. Now, rather than catching the insinuation that we had really never known Jesus, I triggered one of the most famous passages in the Bible. While opening my mouth, I said, Lord, show us the Father. It's enough for us. Jesus looked at me sad smile and the softest voice he said have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me Philip whoever has seen me has seen the father I should have been embarrassed but I was astounded I got it I, I, I finally got it the father was God Jesus was God? They were the same? I, I got it. I got a glimpse of the truth. And for the next 20 minutes, Jesus opened the floodgates of truth. Jesus and the Father and the Spirit were all in each other. And we had the ability to be in them too. Jesus was going away, but we were going to receive the Spirit and peace. Our heads exploded. In a few sentences, mysteries hidden for eons were revealed to us. How could we even begin to comprehend what Jesus was saying? 
left the room and started down the hill to the Kidron Valley. Jesus stopped. He leaned down, picked up a branch from a grapevine by the path, and he told us a story. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine keeper. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away in every branch that bears fruit. It's pruned so that it bears more fruit. You are clean through the words that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. A branch can't bear fruit by itself. It has to be attached to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one that abides in me and I am that's the one who bears much fruit. <laughs> Not me. You can do nothing. Jesus kept talking but ended the example with and by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. As a father has loved me, so have I loved you. We walked on to the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus continued to pour out his parting words of wisdom. Each sentence was worth an entire lifetime study, but I, I could not get my mind off of the story of the, the vine and the branches for the next 2,000 years. People would be interpreting it the best they could. And let me tell you how I thought of it that night. In Israel, during early September, you become accustomed to the sight of vineyards during the harvest season. You see these thick brown vines growing up about three or four feet from the ground. Each vine ends in a normal from which numerous branches grow along the different directions of the trellises. From the branches grow a lot of large leaves that vary from dark green to yellow, bright red even, depending on the exact time of the season. In fact, most of what you see is an abundance of leaves hidden among these leaves. Clusters of dark purple or light green grapes hanging from the branches. The branches not only bear fruit, but they bear leaves. And having the proper amount of leaves is critical to making the most and best fruit. The point of pruning and trimming is to end up with the right amount of branch that produces the right mixture of leaves to yield the right amount of fruit. The vine keepers are never finished. Their lives are a continuum of planting and growing and pruning and harvesting. Planting, growing, pruning, and harvesting. And that night, I knew the story was all about God and his desires. God the Father is the vine keeper, but he's also the creator and owner of the vineyard. So it is only his desires that matter, and his primary desire is to be glorified. This premise is the basis for understanding the parable. The teaching is very clear that God is glorified when the branches bear much fruit and thereby prove themselves to be disciples. Generally, 
we apostles knew that we glorified God by living a life of continual praise and worship and by proclaiming and expanding his kingdom. This is exactly what Jesus did on earth. So at the end of his life, he was able to tell the Father, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. The vine keeper is responsible for the vine being the most fruitful by preparing the soil and the vines. He cuts off and burns branches that don't bear fruit. A branch doesn't bear fruit if it becomes disconnected from the vine or if it's capable of bearing fruit but chooses to be totally unproductive or produce only leaves. God trims and prunes fruitful branches from excess branch growth, twigs, and leaves so they become more fruitful. Pruning and trimming process will likely feel unpleasant and may possibly vary in the form of discipline that God provides because he loves me. In my daily life, pruning and trimming probably require the elimination of activities, emotions, or thoughts which make me ineffective and unproductive. Jesus said that he is the true vine. However, it's critical to remember that just before telling the parable, Jesus had said that he, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are all in each other. So, abiding in Jesus is equivalent to abiding in God. The vine knows that it cannot be fruitful unless the branches are connected to it, since it is the source of all important nutrients needed for life. Jesus had often talked about being the source of life, and that the connection came through belief in him. Now, followers of Jesus are the branches, and the purpose of each branch is to produce much fruit. In order to do that, the branch will have to optimize its input of nutrients from the vine and optimize its output by properly allocating its resources between the two activities of making fruit and making leaves. During this teaching, Jesus taught us that a healthy branch trusts God, knows Jesus and the Father, has faith in Jesus, obeys Jesus, has the Holy Spirit, loves Jesus, and is loved by Jesus and the Father. Have peace, love each other, do not belong to the world, and testify about Jesus to others. If I am an unfruitful branch, God will either work in my life to help me become fruitful, or he will allow me to be cut off from the vine and destroyed.
driven. His grace is not only the enabler of my salvation, but is the enabler for going deeper in the attachment to him and for bearing fruit. It is his great love for me that disciplines me to remove my shortcomings so that I can respond to his invitation to have a more intimate relationship and to be further transformed into a Christ-like person who can demonstrate God's love to the world. The path to this deeper intimacy is through a lifestyle of personal abandonment and absolute trust. It is my option to abide in Jesus, but Jesus commands me to do so. Why? Because I cannot bear fruit unless I abide in him. By this, he means that although I may produce some works, I can't produce works or fruit of value. No fruit, nada, none, zip, zero. I may think I'm making fruit, but I am not unless I am abiding in him. I'm entirely useless and stand in danger of being destroyed. We apostles had already heard the story from Jesus about people who thought they were being fruitful but were going to be destroyed because in reality, they weren't being fruitful. <laughs> it's the secret sauce. <laughs> Abiding is the secret sauce to making all good deeds fruitful. It's through abiding that I'm transformed from a worker who loves to a lover who works. If abiding in Jesus is so important, how could I start to do a better job of that? Here are some things I thought of. Regularly praying and reading scriptures, forgiving anyone that I have not yet forgiven, and setting my heart and mind on heavenly things. According to the parable, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am abiding in Jesus if I'm bearing much fruit. That is one reason why it's critical to be clear about the definition of fruit. If I'm mistaken about the definition of fruit, I may very likely expend many resources producing something that isn't fruit. Having a proper understanding what fruit is, is crucial to intentionally living a fruitful life. According to the parable, fruit can be described as those things that cause God to be glorified. In the context of this parable, fruit seems primarily to mean the making of disciples by proclaiming and expanding of God's kingdom. As we apostles find, disciples are made through both sharing the gospel and doing good works that bring glory to God. You may have noticed that I have talked about leaves several times in this story, but Jesus didn't mention them in the parable. I mentioned them because they are a critical aspect of how I apply this parable to my own life. We did not understand the science of growing grapes. But we knew the practicalities of doing so. We knew you needed enough leaves on the branch to make good grapes. But not so many leaves that the grapes had too little nourishment. Now, in my own life, the leaves stand for activities that consume my time and energy. But do not produce fruit for God. If I have too many outside activities, I can't maximize the fruit I produce. Now, in my time, our outside activities were fairly limited because we were so poor. You, you're not so fortunate. You have an unlimited amount of diversions at your fingertips. I mean, television, 
movies, sports, hobbies, computers, internet, a long list of other activities, fatigue, overscheduling, sleep, drugs, alcohol. There, there's no doubt that you have to be dedicated to God to allocate your resources between making fruit or making leaves. Jesus said, this is my father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples so in your life which will it be fruit or leaves wasn't that amazing so powerful i'm so happy that you got to hear that with me and um this is probably the third time i'm listening because i get so much out of it and i really hope that it spoke to your heart today we're going to do some music right up until the latter half of the program when it will be time for redemption road but first i gotta say happy birthday to all of you who are celebrating a birthday this week we rejoice with you and we wish you many many happy returns and god's richest blessings
On Redemption Road. What these people are asking that you, 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 no telling me to do. These people want me to murder the Prime Minister. Are you serious, Leroy? Felix, I know you have history with Black, but I know you wouldn't want him to die. So help me warn him. Tell him to go somewhere safe tonight. But there's no guarantee that he will see me. Reginald, I have to talk to you. Yes, yes, Pastor. You finally lose your mind or what? Somebody is trying to kill you. That is why I have guards. I know hundreds of ways to quietly kill a man. If you don't struggle, I'll make it quick. Get away from me, Nita! Take your hands off him! Thanks again for saving my life. I didn't save your life, sir. God did. You better run, girlfriend. You can't do this! Oh, Felix, they beat my child! Oh, Lord, they beat Felix! They beat him! What? Who? Keith, no? They beat up Keith, I'm telling you! This is the story of a family divided. The Paramans are in their darkest hour. Their young son has been savagely beaten by those he thought were his friends. Felix's many sins have finally caught up with him, and he stands to lose his freedom and his marriage. The walls are closing in. The Paraman family will need to put all their trust in God to get through this crisis. Felix and Miriam sit in the kitchen of their farmhouse. They are exhausted after sleepless nights in the hospital, keeping vigil over their son. A medically induced coma, possible brain damage, broken ribs and legs, possible paralysis in one arm. Those animals! May the Lord forgive them. Don't even start with me. You don't know how much I want to take a cutlass and just hatch everybody. We don't even know who did this to Keith. Who, who, who are you going after? I don't care. Somebody's going to have to pay for this. We can't let anger and bitterness take root. You know that. That's not who we are. I'm so tired. I, I can't even think. Eh? The one good thing is that it brought us back together. What? We're not back together, Felix, okay? Our child needs us and that's it. Wow. Is there really no hope for us? Are you for real? You had an affair while we were engaged, Felix, and you had a child with her. You had an affair while we were married and you had a second child. So you obviously take me for a fool! No, I'm truly sorry. I didn't tell you about Stacy. I did everything right. I was loving, faithful, forgiving. Everything a Christian wife should be. You rewarding me with humiliation and scorn. Nah, it's not like that. I just did not know how to tell you. Felix, 
you preach on the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, and self-control. How come self-control skip you? Okay, I lost my way. Well, I hope you find it, darling. Look, Felix, I don't hate you, but I certainly do not want to be married to you anymore. Right now, we need to focus our energies on our son, Keith. I agree. I wish I had been more understanding the last time I spoke to him. It's really just difficult for me to accept uh, that he might be gay. I, I really don't care what he is, eh? As long as he's alive. Oh, dear God. Oh, God, please spare my child's life. In Jesus' name, amen. In the village of Galleon, Delroy Johnson prepares to lead his first men's Bible study at his parents' home. He's invited a few old cellmates to join him. Welcome, guys. Thanks for coming. This is a good sign. I hope we can make this a weekly event. Next time, bring at least one new friend. Okay, let's get started. Glad you decided to join us, Dad. Would you mind praying for us? No, it's okay. I'm just watching for now. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy. Please grant us the clarity of mind to understand your word. Please forgive us our transgressions against you. Cover us with your blood and give us the courage to share your word with others so they too may learn of your truth and grace. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Today, I want to discuss pride. In Dante's epic, he referred to pride as one of the seven deadly sins. It is the sin which caused the devil or Satan to lose his place in heaven and be cast down to earth. It's the same sin he tempted Adam and Eve with and continues to this day to tempt all of us with the sin of pride. I'm going to read what God says about pride in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6. And Paul is writing and he says, And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that you might learn in us to think of men above that what is written, that no one of you be puffed up for one against another. So what does these verse, verses say about pride? They tell us pride relies on competition. And without competition, there is no pride. Okay, that's a great answer, Dad. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 12 says this for we commend not ourselves again unto you but give you occasion to glory in our behalf that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart this verse teaches us a few things pride is not necessarily evil and that we should 
be proud of those who are steadfastly in God's will. You can see examples of that in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14, and 2 Corinthians verse 8 and verse 24. You can be proud of someone else and still be right with God. When we are outside of God's will, pride is usually in what we see, the physical, as opposed to the spiritual. To God, pride is not lovely. Pride is not love. Therefore, pride is sin. Let me ask this question. Do you think a proud man or woman can be saved? Okay, if you said no, you're correct. It is not possible for a proud man or woman to be saved because one has to repent and claim Jesus Christ as Lord to be saved. If one is full of pride, how will he or she allow Jesus to take control of the heart? How will one who is prideful give God the glory instead of being in his chest saying I did it I did it with my own hands and never give God praise to say thank you but before we end today remember this our sinful nature tempts us to give into pride we are no different than Adam and Eve or any other human being we are all susceptible to falling to sin or to the sin of pride. You'll see that if you continue to study through this week and going forward, try to read the word as much as you can. Make time for it and let's all try to live up to it. Check out Proverbs 21 and verse 4 and Psalm 138 and verse 6. My father can tell you, since I was a little boy, I was full of pride. I thought I deserved more than working on a farm, much less having to obey him. And believe me, it did not end well. Pride made me leave home at a young age, got me into lots of trouble because I was always too proud to say I was wrong and to ask for forgiveness. You see, that is the biggest problem we have with sin. It is. It, it keeps us from seeing where we're going wrong. We can never get rid of ourselves or rid ourselves of temptation. Even Jesus was tempted by Satan, remember? Yet, he never sinned. We only sin if we give into the temptation and commit an act or acts that can go against God's word or will. Anytime we walk around puffed up saying how great I am and forget about the one who blessed us we committing a deadly sin as we all know the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord some never get the chance to repent I just want to thank God that I had that chance Delroy Johnson, I am proud of you. We'll be right back.
Donna is visiting her mother and wondering how to give her some unexpected news. Bebe, you well quiet today, Miss Donna. Think it too much again? No, it's just that I have to tell you something. And I'm not sure how you're going to take it. You know your pressure always high already. Police friend Jesse, get back my money. Calm down, mommy. Nobody not going right Haiti to chase down JC for $500. Hmm? $543.22. Okay, no, it's not that. Robbie and I are moving back to Tobago, most likely for good this time. Yes, yes, yes. You just like to run away and abandon your poor helpless mother? See my crosses now. Majon will help you. Or you could come with us. Who's that? Me? Where are you going to go Trinidad? To Bego. No, sir. Or you go. I, I go to I be. You sure? You'll come and visit us, though. Me taking my chances on leaving Ireland anytime? Uh, we will see. Promise me, or I will tell Auntie Ashanti to come back. So what time is my flight again? Hi, mommy. You're not easy. I'm never easy. Jammy. Meanwhile, the phone rings at the Perriman house. Hello? Oh, Mr. Philogen? <sighs> I thought it was my wife calling from the hospital. Oh, I'm sorry. Is there still no change in her son's condition? Nah, he's still in a coma. I'm sorry, but I want to keep this line free. Did you need something? I've made contact with my journalist friend, and we're all set to get the info to the FBI field office in Miami. I just want to make sure you're still committed to this course of action, because there's no turning back once we get started. Nope, there's no turning back. Yes, by all means, start the process, please. This country is better than black. I salute you, Felix. It takes a big man to accept responsibility for his mistakes. I'm no hero. As a matter of fact, I've been a coward for many years. This is just God prompting me to repent of my sins. Whatever eases your conscience, I guess. I'll be in touch. I hope your son gets better soon. Thank you. Father, I am still a coward. Help me to remember that you have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a song mind. In the small law office of Lester Philogen, Nita argues with her brother and his guest, Blanca, the ex-wife of Prime Minister Black. But Blanca, I don't see why I have to leave the island. Once it gets out, your brother is Felix's lawyer. Reginald is not going to believe you didn't know anything about this. Things are going to get very bad for him, Nita. I'm afraid he will take out his rage on you. You don't know him like I do. He won't hurt me. Nita, I was married to him. I know exactly what he's capable of. And now, 
his mind is starting to go. There's nothing to hold him back. I can't believe that. This is my fault. I forgot how charming he can be. He makes you feel like he needs you and you're the only girl in his life, right? He's not well, but he's not crazy. He's fine as long as he takes his medication. Nita, he was a maniac long before he had bipolar disorder. If and when the International Court launches an investigation into his criminal activities, he's going to be looking for a scapegoat. He won't hurt me. You're the first one he's going to hurt. He will believe you spied on him for your brother. He already figured out you were spying for me. You know how he feels about traitors. Isn't the deputy PM still languishing in jail? Languishing is right. They haven't charged her with anything yet either. I don't know. What should I do? I'm going to do you one last favor. I'm going across the channel to Guadeloupe tonight. You're coming with me. Take only what you need. I don't want to leave. If you want to live, you will. You need to be away from his influence. He's poisoned your mind. I am I am not sure. Sis, when this story breaks, the authorities are going to investigate and it's all going to come up. The gun smuggling, the drug cartels, the human trafficking. I don't want your name dragged into this. He's not involved in all that. I would know. At least go until I tell you it's safe to return. All right, Blanca. I will go with you. For now. But there's someone I need to see first. Redemption Road will return in a moment. House of Lorraine Fashion House. Established 1976. Designs for the self-assured woman. Feel stylish and confident with custom designs for any occasion from the House of Lorraine. Call us today. 416 968-6354 or visit us on the web www.houseoflorraine.com Follow on Facebook House of Lorraine Miriam Perriman sits at the bedside of her son Keith and looks at the medical tubes that snake out of his body Ah darling what they did to you Oh, Keith, baby, wake up now. Wake up, darling. I promise if you wake up, I will take you somewhere where you will be safe. Is he going to be okay, Mom? I just don't know, Carla. We just have to keep on praying, okay? You think God punished him because he, you know? Mm. Keith is going through a crisis of identity, darling. I don't really know if he's gay or if it's a phase, or what it is. But let me ask you a question. Those men who beat him trying to kill him, do you think they had God's love in their hearts? Do you think they were thinking, love your neighbor as yourself? No, Mom. Nobody who loves God would want to hurt anybody. So you can answer your own question, Carla. Uh, uh. Mom, look! His eyes! 
His eyes are opening. Keith. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Keith, can you hear me, baby? Quick, Carla, call the nurse. I'd call your father after. Mom. Oh, Keith. Oh, Keith. My darling, darling child. I will keep my promise, baby. Mommy will take you away. I promise you. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, God Almighty. Thank you, thank you, thank you for my child. You give me back my child. <laughs> we'll be back with the conclusion of Redemption Road in just a moment. At the airport, the Whites gather around Robbie and his family as they prepare to leave for a new mission field. Oh, Robbie, I'm going to miss you so much. Ooh, come and kiss Granny, kids. I'm going to miss you, too. So what about Donna, Mommy? You're going to miss her, too, right? Robbie, behave yourself. Take care, Sister White. We'll bring the kids to visit you in a few months. Thank you, Donna. We appreciate that. You know, I look forward to seeing them. And of course, I'll miss you too, dear. Is is that what you're wearing for the flight? Leave her alone. I'll buy the dress for her. No problem with it. Well, there's no need for that tone. It's a beautiful dress, Mommy. Thank you. Yellow is my favorite color. Come. You need to check your bags in. I still cannot believe you're making me go through that. To Bego. I have to leave my room shop in Majon hands for six whole weeks. That lady have four brains. If we let's we pull. She better make money for me. She will do just fine. You need a change too. Wait till you see how nice it is to live right on the beach. I will pick some nice fresh jelly for you, my Rogers, every day. Smartful, you smart. Living on beach in hurricane season? I will tell you I like Sino. There's a swim coming. Robbie, you will have your hands full running this new church. You sure you want this extra headache? Who, 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 who are you talking about? Me? He's swift, he's swift. He's wrong there. This way, mommy. This way. Come, let's go. Bring your roll on. Let's go. Bye, everybody. May God go with you, my son. And God go with you, dear listener. You've been listening to Season 3 of Redemption Road. Join us for Season 4 in the fall of 2021, God willing. morning I woke up and I looked in the mirror and every part of my body was in place many people died and never saw this day so another day I live I appreciate don't ever wanna act too high and mighty cause tomorrow I can fall down on my face so in everything Lord I give you praise and I pray.
Thank you so much for listening to Redemption Road. And thank you so much for listening to Inspiration for Your Day. So that's the wrap on Redemption Road. But Inspiration will be back, God willing, next week, Monday. I certainly hope that we have put a smile on your face and hope in your heart and a renewed sense of love in your spirit. Also, if you are looking for an online service to follow, you can check out the lakesidechurch.ca at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings for a live on-stream service time of worship and praise and, of course, inspiration from the Word of God. And there is also the Lakeside Church Facebook prayer meetings on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. So all of that you can check out on their website, thelakesidechurch.ca, for all of that information. In the meantime, everybody enjoy this uh, last song as we wrap up for the day. If you would like to reach out to me, feel free to email me at life101radio at gmail.com. That's life101radio at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody. God bless you, and I love you. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. Please don't put us by. Let us unite. Let us unite. Bye.